It's time again for Mile High Magazine. Good Sunday morning to all. I am Murphy Houston. We are glad you are here. Hope you're having a, a great morning and things are going well. Very excited to have a, my first guest this morning is Barbara Beckner, chair of the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. Barbara, how are you today? I'm well, thank you, Murphy. Well, I'm glad to have you on here because I know you guys have been around for a long time, and I've heard of the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. But let's talk about it because I know you got the big induction coming up here in a week or so. But what is it? How did it start? How do we get involved? Pretty cool stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you. So the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame has been around since 1985. It was created by a group of very inspirational ladies. Um, M.L. Hansen is our founder. Um, because we really wanted to try to honor and celebrate the significant accomplishments of Colorado women. Well, that's a great idea, but do you have a, a pretty interesting vision, and the mission is good, your goal is good? Share that information with our listeners. Oh, certainly. Our vision is that the organization is dedicated to recognizing and preserving the history and accomplishments of past and present Colorado women. Our mission is to inspire by celebrating and sharing the enduring contributions of Colorado's extraordinary women, and we do that in a variety, a variety of ways. And then our goal is really about how to educate the people of Colorado about the stories of the women who shaped our state and the nation's history with courage, leadership, intelligence, and compassion. I think that is wonderful. And who came up with this idea? You? I mean, besides oh, good, the... Good golly. Oh, but... no. And, no, I've, I've only been in the board chair role um, for the, about the last year and a half. And we, the, the organization came up, was founded and created by a, ver- a group of very inspirational women in the mid-80s that talked about it for a long time. Predominantly, M.L. Hansen led that um, charge, right. and she is our founder. Well, talk about the different categories, because I was looking at some of the ladies' names, and I know some of these women by name, not personally. But what is the, there different categories, like an education, well, not, politician, what? Well, not specifically we have we categorize them once they have been inducted into the hall of fame so I we see. have women that are educators um scientists uh you know um philanthropists you know it's more around the accomplishments that they um, impacted our state with and they they have to have lived in colorado um at some point in their lives they don't necessarily have to be born in colorado so they don't have to live here like it's like some of these Hall of Fames around the country. Oh, you got to live in the state for at least 10 years before we can even nominate you. So it's not like that. I don't that. believe we have a, no, we don't no. think we've got a specific time frame of how long they've lived in the state, but they've had to have made a significant contribution to our state. Well, how many women are in the Hall of Fame by now? We, um, when we finish our induction the end of this month, which is for the class of 2020, we will have 172 women that have been inducted into the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. So where, is there an actual Hall of Fame? Is there a building with pictures and details about these fabulous women? So we, you know, we are a um, 501c3. We are predominantly a 100% volunteer organization, and uh, almost all of us work full-time in addition to volunteering for the hall. And so we have office space that we rent where we pretty much store all of our materials and collateral. But we do a lot of exhibits, portrait exhibits largely, speaking right. engagements and events um, throughout the year. And what's the point of that? I mean, it's drawing attention to these great women. And, I'm hey, I'm a father of three girls, a son and three mm-hmm. girls, and my wife's a retired teacher. And I think they're all fabulous and stuff that women do. And I've always urged my girls to strive ahead and compete and don't worry about the men thing and They've done pretty well, and I'm proud of that. And is that kind of what you're looking for? What's the criteria you look for? 
uh, when we when we evaluate women. Yes, um, there's a pretty uh, there's a pretty arduous selection process. Um, we typically during a selection a nomination year, we're going to announce our class of 2022 in May of this year. Um, but there's a pretty significant application process that talks through many facets of what they've done, how these individuals have impacted our state. And it gets it's a separate and distinct group of Colorado citizens that evaluates all the nominations. Um, and they it, so the board never even knows who's nominated or or how many are nominated until it's all done. And, and then once they make a down select of, of the women that have made the, their first um, cut, so to speak, we always select a few more than what we're going to induct because there's been some women that have um, declined the opportunity. Really? And then that all goes, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know who, but, you know, we hear that. So yeah. we always pick a couple more. Um, and then all that information is sent to the uh, Colorado State Historian, um, but that varies. You know, they, they rotate in and out. Um, but they verify and validate all that information. I'm curious why and they so, would go go ahead. Why they would decline? Yeah, not, uh, to be honest with you, I have no idea. I don't even know who you know. We don't know no, who they are. No. The board doesn't have any. Yeah. And, and does does the board make the final selection before it's announced? These are the women that are that are going no. in. No, not the board. The selection committee. Oh. So it's a separate and distinct group of individuals from across the state in various disciplines um, that go through a very arduous process um, to make the recommendations, and then they take it to the to the state historian who verifies everything. So when it's all sealed and buttoned up, that's when the board knows. Wow. That's a tough job. The selection committee. It is. We're very fortunate that there are a lot of people that are passionate about ensuring that we have a very, um, a a lot of integrity in our process. There are some, you know, many women have been nominated several times, um, but it's, it's really all about the information that comes in on that application. Sure. um, Because those individuals cannot look for any external sources. They can't go search somebody on the web. And try to verify information. Yeah, that would you wonder about that stuff on the web anyhow, don't you? <laughs> you really absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what you're going to find out? Uh, there. You, yeah, you can put anything up there. Wow, look at this person! Holy cow, they should be in. So, yes. so what? What is some of the criteria? I mean, what are the elements they look for in these women? Besides, is it just what they've accomplished? It's what they've accomplished, how they've impacted their community. Um, I don't actually have the nomination form in front of me, and, and I don't participate in that process. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know all the specific um, requirements of the form. We typically um, will start advertising. Um, so we'll be doing the class of 2024. We'll put out nominations next year for the class of 2024, um, and we'll induct that class in 2025. So. We're a little behind. Well, that's all right. From COVID, but that well, yeah, like everybody else. So, what uh, right. is it like? Every it's a, every two years, you make uh, the it's every. It's typically in every two year cycle. We have historically um, um, announced the class in like the odd year and had the induction in the even year. Um, but this year, we're going to obviously finally honor the class of twenty twenty, the end of this month at the DCPA. Right, and then we will announce the class of. 2022 in may which we will then honor in march of 2024 and then shortly after that we'll do the call for nominations for the class of excuse me the class of 2022 and then shortly after that we'll do the call for nominations for the class of 24 which we'll then honor and we'll finally get back to a two-year cycle then we'll we'll do that in 2025 yeah you're on it very difficult yeah a a big event every year Um, we are we are we don't receive funding from any um, state organization or, or we are pretty much separate and distinct. Um, and so all of our funding comes from donations. 
And how do you do that? I mean, you must have a website, obviously. We do have a website. People can make donations on our website. We do that through sponsorships for events. We've really stepped up our ability to put some events out. Um, we're doing an, our annual stories luncheon this year. We will repeat our um, women, and it was women in um, STEM, but it's going to be girls in space. And then there's just a variety of other smaller events that we do with corporations, with their women's diversity groups. So what is the, uh, get that information out there. What is your website? Our website is um, cogreatwomen.org. Cogreatwomen.org. Easy enough to remember. We're talking with Barbara Beckner, uh, the chair of the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. Can you talk about some of the women in the Hall of Fame? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we, we have um, Carlotta Lanier, who was part of the Little Rock Nine. Uh, we have Jill Tejan, who's one of our um, STEM um, individuals who served on many boards. Marilyn Vandenberg Atler, uh, Joy Burns, oh, there's... Sherry Schink, who you know, supports so many children and advocacy for women. Um, Madeline Ab- Albright, Temple Grandin. Um, I mean, so we've got a quite a variety of women that have really shaped this this state. Well, and a lot of historical women. I mean, a lot of the original um, women suffragists um, were from Colorado. Like so Molly Brown? Do you have Molly Brown in there? I believe we've got Molly Brown. I don't have, I don't have my glasses on to read the, the well, fine print. But. I, I don't know. When you said women suffragists, a lot of people don't know. I mean, she was on the Titanic. Everybody knows that. But she was really, really promoting women's voting well before most of this country. Yes, she was. And I'm not sure if she's on it, but we've got Baby Doe with oh, part yeah. of the oh, Hall of Fame. Um, we've got um, some of the new inductees that are coming in this year. Um, Elizabeth Piper Ensley, um, Alita um, Avery, um, Carolina Gonzalez. I mean, we've got we typically do a combination of contemporary women and historical women. Um, the class of 2020 we're going to um, celebrate Catherine Archuleta, who was oh, yeah. part of um, the Obama administration's yeah. Office of Personnel Management. Um, B. Harris, who runs um, Urban Spectrum. Uh, Marianne Neifert, she's the um, breastfeeding championship, created the Mother's Milk Bank. Uh, Gail Norton, yes. who was, you know, first female state attorney. Um, um, Velveeta Howe, she's a, a well-known Denver lawyer. And Lupe Brizino, she, um, she led the... Um, the movement up north for um, women that were working in the flower fields. So a lot of labor-related actions to try to make sure they were getting paid for overtime. So a variety of, of women that have done significant things for our state. And what an education that is. A lot of people don't know maybe not, any of these women. Is there a place you can go on the website where you can read about all of them and yes. all the accomplishments? Yes. So if you, yeah, if you look at Women of the Hall, they're organized alphabetically. You can read their bios. Um, and we do have women that participate in some of our events. So later this year, we have Susan Helms. She's NASA astronaut, um, um, and she still holds the longest spacewalk. And she was in the first class at the Air Force Academy that accepted women. And so she will be doing an event with, with um, Joanne Cram, who is a phenom in the NASA um, space. Um, so both of them will do our Girls in Space event in October of this year. Pretty cool. So somebody's sitting out there yeah. going, hey, I don't really like this. How do, how do you get someone nominated to the Hall of Fame? There is an application process, and there we will do the call for nominations. I think we – I'm not sure if the application stays up all the time, but um, we can certainly – if they send an e- email into the organization, we can get the, share the application. But the biggest thing with the application is that you need to make sure it is extremely thorough. 
um, so that you give the evaluators the best opportunity to evaluate your, evaluate your submission. Right. And do you mention resources for them to check out about the particular person, the woman they're nominating? You say, he might want to check here, you might want to check there. No, they can't check. Okay. So whatever comes in in the, in the submission is what they use. So they ha- will not review any other external sources. It's what's included at time of submission. And if you've been nominated once, you don't hear anything, can they be renominated? They absolutely can be renominated, and many are. And how many times is there a limit to that? I mean, if you keep trying, I don't maybe believe there's. I don't believe there's a limit. I don't. I have not heard anyone say that there's a limit. I know there are many that have been nominated several times. I think the the biggest advice I would get if you've been nominated and weren't selected is that you actually really spend some time going back through that nomination and how you can um, enhance it to, sure. give your, to give your candidate a better or submission a better option. Absolutely. Well, you got the big event coming up on March 30th. I'm sure that's open to the public. Can we still get tickets for that if somebody wants to see how this you goes? You can still get tickets, um, individual tickets, probably through the end of this week. We're pretty close to capacity. Um, so we will we'll see how when, and when the tickets come in, what that looks like. But, yeah, on our website, um, there's information, and you pretty much – at this point, we're just sending emails in because we kind of have closed the other online registration piece. But our donation page is up, so anybody can make a donation on our website as well. Which is great. It's the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. What happens at the big inductee event? Is there entertainment and a meal and meet all the women? That- so so, um, so the, the event is um, a dinner. So we have a reception ahead of time. And, and then we have... Um, Andrew Hugh from Denver 7 is our MC. Oh, yeah, she's and a sweetie. Have, yeah. She's an awesome. Yeah, she so we'll is. We'll have a dinner ahead of time, then we have an MC, um, and then we bring up um, all the um, individuals that were nominated. And so the contemporary women will be there um, with their escorts, which are typically our Hall of Fame, um, other Hall of Famers that have been inducted as, provide an escort. That's cool. And then the historical not, women that are winning, their families um, will typically be there to accept their awards. As well as then we do have uh, Lisa Downing is um, playing um, her class, her piano to a uh, script that she's just created for the organization. And then um, we get to celebrate them. Yeah, that's a good time. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really it should be a phenomenal event. Absolutely. And there is option if we if the in-person sells out because we're at the DCPA, we do have virtual tickets. Good enough. So, so Barbara, before I let you go, give us the website again, please. It is www.cogreatwomen.org. Barbara Beckner, Colorado Women's Hall of Fame. Keep up the good work. I love that. And thanks for coming on Mile High Magazine. Thank you. Thank you, Murphy. Have a great day. Yeah, you as well. And you hang in there now. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll be right back with more.